Welcome to the Vulnerable Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Almeida. Each week, we'll share the inspiring story of someone who has faced their share of vulnerability and been able to find success and fulfillment. We hope all our stories will help you find the strength within yourself to live the life you want and find success of your own. Bob Marley said, being vulnerable is the only way to allow your heart to feel true pleasure. This is episode 11 of the Vulnerable Podcast with Scott Birdie. In his teenage years, his parents would decide to divorce, and not seeing it coming, he didn't quite understand what was going on. At first, it made him a bit angry, and his ways of coping with it weren't exactly the best ways to do so. But he'd quickly realize that with a little communication and keeping himself busy, he would find clarity again. He talked to his parents to understand what happened and leaned on his friends to vent when he needed to. This began to teach him the importance of relationships and perspective. Coming out of university, he wasn't really sure what direction he was headed in and would jump around a few different professions. It wasn't until sometime in 2017 that he realized his current career path didn't really involve much of himself and who he wanted to be. Taking a chance, he started to put himself out there on social media, mainly LinkedIn at the time, and although it wasn't comfortable at first, he soon realized that something amazing was happening. He began building new relationships, creating a larger network, and in the end it would lead him to landing a career with a startup, doing something he actually enjoyed. To him, happiness equals success, and now more than ever he makes sure to keep perspective on life and chases happiness more than anything else. Currently, he's the head of sales for TrueFan, an advisor to Quarter 4, and building his personal brand. I'm lucky to call him a close friend, and he's someone that constantly inspires me. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get vulnerable with Scott Birdie. Hey, Scott, thank you for coming on the Vulnerable Podcast. I'm really happy to have you here today. Um, I mean, as most people probably know, if they follow me on social media, you and I have uh, built quite a good friendship over the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, you've helped me get me in terms of getting me motivated and keeping me going. And this is one thing that you've definitely uh, helped motivate me to do. So, uh, again, thank you for coming on and spending the time with me today. My Pleasure, buddy. We've grown quite a great friendship over the last couple of years. And thankfully, one thing or another, call it serendipity, brought me closer to you um, after I'd actually moved away from you across the country <laughs> to Vancouver. But now we're back and you're about in Toronto, both of us here. So uh, glad we could do this and always enjoy spending time with you, Brian. Same, man. Same. So the first question I like to start every podcast off with is what is your definition of vulnerability? I would have to say my definition of vulnerability uh, is just self-awareness and the ability to kind of be empathetic in your thoughts, not only how they relate to others and like your reactions relate to others, but also how you know, things that they may be going through can be kind of trickled down and, and you can kind of use that as fuel. But being very self-aware of where you're at in life, um, being okay to admit mistakes, um, failures, different things like that, that you and I kind of talk about as really keys to growth. Um, but yeah, being vulnerable is something that I always, I shouldn't even say like, I'm always getting better at it. But you know, in past times, I'd say like maybe a little more than two and a half years ago, I, I don't really think vulnerability was a big part of who I was. Um, and that really helped 
me go about the self-reflection that I needed, the more I could open up to something like that. Um, and you know, to the point that you kind of make with this podcast, um, being a vulnerable isn't about what you can not do. It's more about what you're able to push through to achieve uh, and be able to do. Right. So, uh, yeah, yeah no. I, I'd say that's what it means to me. Awesome. And, and uh, I'm glad that you brought up that point because I don't have to. So <laughs> on past episodes, I found that I have to sort of get that message across of like what I'm trying to do here. But thanks for, for putting that out there for me this time. So appreciate that. Uh, so what would you say is your earliest memory of, of facing vulnerability in your life or going through some sort of struggle? The earliest time that I recall going through some struggles, um, probably mentally would have been when my parents were divorced. Um, I'm sure prior to that, like, you know, there was odd things that would happen at school or maybe with sports and friends, you know, very minor, um, negative things that are happening in my life. But when that happened, I was about 13 or 14 and, um, ultimately it kind of shook up my world didn't really have a lot of trust in people at that time, not as a result of, you know, my mom or my dad leading me to distrust them. But I just felt like I didn't know what I could believe and what I couldn't believe um, from people that were closest to me, because ultimately nobody else was really closer than my mom, and my dad at that point in time. So, you know, seeing them go through that and kind of being surprised by it, um, not exactly seeing it coming, but having to kind of go through that and it being a very long semi-strenuous process um, was something that took a toll on me. And, you know, I often refer back to kind of my friends at that time, because although my family was a little bit in turmoil, um, and it was hard to kind of figure out what exactly was going to happen in the long run, like how we were going to move houses, you know what I mean? Like all the different little follow pieces to a divorce and things like that. But my friends were kind of like that stability crutch um, that kind of kept me going and kept me motivated, you know, kept me positive. Um, were always people that I could lean on. So that, that was, you know, really big help. And probably some of the earliest times uh, that I can remember, remember being a little bit vulnerable, um, you know, when something really kind of struck the wrong chord and the wrong emotion um, and upset me. Like I could definitely go to them, maybe just kind of walk out the house, take a walk, go to a friend's place and just kind of vent to them. Um, so yeah, that's probably one of the earliest times. And, you know, even more recently, I can kind of recall um, the need to get a little bit more vulnerable with myself after I finished university in Australia. Um, I know that at the time the world seemed so small and that there was so many possibilities as to like where I could go and stuff like that. But really getting honest with myself after I'd gone down to San Francisco for a period of time, um, about a month after I'd returned to Ottawa just to do some interviews, but realizing even though I had a couple offers, you know, I was vulnerable enough to know that, Hey, this is probably not a good choice for me, although it seems like the most advantageous choice. So again, kind of that self-awareness and reflecting to realize that like, hey, taking a step back doesn't mean that you're going to, you know, give up those dreams in the future. It just means that maybe now is not the right time. So that's another kind of like key uh, piece of my decision making that has kind of stuck with me to now and really shaped, you know, where I've gotten to at this point in time, because here I am still living in Canada, um, dealing with the miserable winters. 
<laughs> over Australia or San Francisco, I could see that being a little bit of a hard choice, but <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Um, now, this, so I've, I've asked people in the past about overcoming the, these situations, you know, like when you t- spoke about your parents' divorce, but a lot of people have said overcoming doesn't feel like the right word to them. So I guess the better way to put it is like, how did you get through it? Like you, you did mention, you know, having friends around and having people to spot, talk to, but was there anything else that you, you did to help yourself get through that situation? Um, yeah, I guess, I guess there definitely was, I mean, you know, on the, on the negative side, I think without realizing it, I was maybe drinking a little bit more and (laughs) doing, you know, not so, uh, positive or I, I guess productive actions. Um, you know, those, those things weren't really helping me, but I guess they were helping me get through the actual process of it all by maybe not thinking about it as much or kind of deflecting some of those emotions, which certainly isn't what you want to be doing. Um, I I'd say some of the other like two big things. One was really getting vulnerable with myself and the ability to have, you know, difficult conversations with my mom or my dad about the whole thing, um, to understand it more and, and to really not, um, stereotype or kind of come up with my own excuses and reasons as to why it may have happened, but kind of get in there and, you know, grow up a little bit, be willing to, maybe hear the answers you don't necessarily want to be hearing. Um, but with that kind of get a little bit more, um, comfortable with the whole thing that was going on. So like that, that was definitely one thing. Uh, and two, you know, I would definitely talk about travel in almost any instance as to like how certain, um, actions can help get you through more negative times. And to me, like travel is one of those things. I wasn't traveling a ton, uh, during that time in my life, but certainly that was like, just as, you know, but I, I would say we were about a year away from maybe getting that like G1 driver's license. So starting to take like a little road trip here and there with friends. And as I continued kind of going about high school and we moved into separate houses and there's a, there's a lot of change constantly happening. Uh, I definitely relied on those little trips and time away from the house to kind of decompress and, you know, turn my brain off for a second, stop thinking about all those things and just have fun. Because so oftentimes I think when I was in Ottawa, which is where I grew up um, and where I was for the bulk of, you know, all the happenings as, as that kind of fell out was yeah, I was felt trapped in my emotions, I think for a period of time. And that is what would lead me to like maybe some harsh conversations or some, um, very emotional type reactions to my mom and my dad and things that were happening either in the house or while we were moving and they were kind of setting up their next lives separately. So it sounds like communication was definitely a big part of it. As you said, you know, having those conversations, whether they were difficult or easy, just having that communication with people, whether it was your friends or your your parents definitely helped you. And then as well, you know, trying to find joy still, which I think is a key to life, no matter what you're going through. If you, you have to find some sort of joy in your day or whatever it is that whenever it is that you can find it, because otherwise I think life gets kind of stale, to be honest, <laughs> we kind of just get stuck in our ways and, and, you know, you're, you're not really doing anything to, to help yourself out. So after experiencing this it's and, and so true. sorry, I mean, don't, don't mean to, don't mean to interrupt, but like on that note, like the, on the communicative side, I, I'm trying to kind of explain it the ways that I can, but I think when I talk about those emotional reactions and like my tendency to, really get upset 
I think one other thing that really helped is trying to like find alternative outlets where I could release that emotion, like on the football field, um, or like just like skateboarding, biking, you know, just doing more, maybe like activities, um, and getting outside being, you know, exercising and different things like that. But, you know, like I was never into jujitsu and boxing, but certainly like those types of sports really allowed me to kind of go out there, just kind of like leave it all on like the field or, you know, just get out of my house for like those two hours, just go skateboarding down the street, try some tricks, maybe fall and stuff like that, get a little aggravated, but ultimately let that out of me in more natural and healthy ways. Um, yeah, no, that was just you know, something you caused me to think about as you were talking about that. Yeah, no, it sounds like not only were you getting out of your house, but maybe out of your head a little bit too. So, and that's important. Oh, if, <laughs> 100%. Uh, so what new strength would you say you discovered in yourself after going through these experiences? Well, you actually just made me think of one um, throughout high school, I think, and earlier years, I was always somebody who would overthink things slightly. So I definitely think that going through that and really, you know, over time, it definitely didn't happen right away. And I can still look back and learn a little bit more from it each time I do, like I'm talking to you right now. But as I was going through that, the ability to understand that, um, and then kind of turn that into a strength where, Hey, I realized that I probably was overthinking things and letting it get to my head too much, but like life doesn't have to be that way. And even when you feel like everything's kind of crashing down on you to take life too seriously is probably the worst kind of mindset you can have. And I don't say don't take things seriously. I'm just saying, you know, you never want to be taking things too seriously for what they are. So much is happening around us in life. I apologize if it's a little bit loud. I realize I've left the the window open here in the office, but, um, you can take things so seriously in life um, and kind of get caught up in the like little nitty gritty aspects of it, which really caused those emotions to kind of break loose. And for me, um, realizing that I had been overthinking about not only that, but like a lot of other things in life and trying to kind of reset my mindset when it came to that was definitely a skill that I've tried to kind of carry with me right up until now where, you know, I'm, I'm constantly working in like fast paced atmospheres and environments. Um, like my main roles with a startup, like I have another advisory position now with a startup and I'm going to do a little bit of consulting on the side. So like when things feel like they're all falling apart or like you can't catch up, that's always that time where rather than like trying to think of that extra thing you can get done or something like that, like there's great ways of doing that, writing things down, creating little to-do lists, like making very actionable, but also just remembering that like, Hey, life is going to go on tomorrow. Like today I woke up, it's another beautiful day in this world. Like those small little things that can really allow you to maintain that positive attitude. And one of them definitely being gratitude as well, um, being grateful for those little things around you. And, and that's something that we talk about quite a bit. We've, we've talked about a, an initiative that, you know, eventually we, we hope to launch, but yeah, gratitude is, is a big thing. And, and ultimately not overthinking things as well as, um, you know, as a, a skill I think everyone can work on. That's kind of one of those things that you, you may not realize it right away that you are overthinking things. Um, but it's so easy for that to happen. Uh, it's about finding that trigger. So where you can pull back and just like breathe and say, Hey, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have to take this as seriously as I'm spinning it up in my brain right now. Sure. I, I, to me, it sounds like almost uh, like having perspective, like perspective, I think is key in life. If you, if you're just sort of like you're saying, if you're overthinking constantly spinning and just, you know, always thinking about the future or the past and not having perspective on what's going on now you can get sort of lost and that's sort of what I what I take from what you said there uh, so this question is always one that's a little bit um, funny I, I find with people because it's hard to to I guess it's all based on your own 
sort of experience what, what how you would define it but how would you say you faced a lot of vulnerability in your life a little a moderate amount like how would you sort of you know look at your life looking back at it um i think when i think about some of the people around me you know whether those be friends and then you can also think of like the kind of outer scope of like your secondary and third networks and really just kind of the turmoil that exists in different pockets around the world like on on a scale i face way you know i I think i have to be a little less vulnerable generally because i'm not facing very vulnerable times on an ongoing basis in a very micro sense like on a day-to-day level i think i face a lot of challenges um but I don't think I have to be too vulnerable, you know, to get through a lot of those challenges. It's it's really just like figuring out an answer, getting things done, executing, right? Like things like that. Um, and I think that kind of relates back a little bit to the self-awareness piece, like knowing that like, you know, these aren't things that are really holding me back emotionally or mentally or anything like that. It's really just holding me back from like the next thing that I need to get to, to continue making progress with one thing or another. So um, in general, over the course of my life, I, I feel very blessed. I think I've been, you know, lucky to have a great upbringing to like live in a safe environment. Um, you know, growing up in Ottawa and you, you know, cause you're, you're in Ontario, the same province. Um, ultimately it's just very safe upbringing. Um, I I'm lucky to have a great family around me. Like I've mentioned a great cast of friends that include you. Um, and so I, I can always lean on those people if need be. Uh, and so I, yeah, I, I guess I would just say like, in comparison with a lot of other people who have, you know, everything from like broken a bone and, or like dealt with serious injuries to like, um, you know, these types of mental things that can catch up with you, like whether it's nutrition, maybe like anxiety, there's so much that humans have to deal with nowadays. And then to think about too, like cancer and some of those really serious types of conditions that are almost like statistics nowadays, like, there's so many people out there dealing with that. So I don't want to think of myself uh, for one second as somebody who has to be very vulnerable on like a, on a daily basis and who's dealt with a lot of vulnerable times over the course of my life. Like, you know, a lot of my childhood memories consist of like Disney and (laughs) those kind of very special moments. So when I kind of think back on that, I I wouldn't say that I I was ever too saddened or or trying to get through uh, difficult times all that often. No, definitely. So do you have any other stories that you wouldn't mind sharing? I mean, you shared about your, your parents and, and that happening in your earlier life. And then you sort of touched on the whole moving around and everything like that. Is there anything else that you, you'd, you'd like to share? Any other stories you'd like to share um, where, you know, something, a big shift in your life? I mean, being your friend, I can kind of think of one when we sort of met, but <laughs> again, up to you on what you want to share. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good that's a good one. And I'll kind of relate that even to a story that I, I shared on LinkedIn yesterday. But um, that, that's certainly one, you know, when, when you and I met, one of the big moments um, that helped propel me to where I am now. And I, you know, I've gone through a lot of personal growth as well as professional growth, just trying to align kind of who I was with my career path and, and kind of move both of those things in the same direction. Um, that was something I sort of told you when we first met and we met virtually through LinkedIn as a result of the you know great community building and, and uh, interactions and engagement that was happening on that platform at the time. Um, and you were the one that kind of said, you, you know, like you can think about starting and, and think about the right time to do certain things like that, because I was really debating in my head on whether or not um, I should start posting content on LinkedIn 
I felt as though maybe I should wait for a slight career change at the time because I was working in a, an environment that kind of pushed you to use LinkedIn a certain way. So I was like, Oh, do I kind of balance, you know, bend the rules here, um, kind of go off on my own and start using it. Like they may not recommend it's like, you know, who am I to be the expert or whatever, but we had noticed some things and, and ultimately you had that simple advice of just start, you know what I mean? You're always going to be able to look for the right time and figure out the right place or whatever it may be. Um, but the sooner you start, the sooner you realize that there's actually nothing holding you back. Uh, so that advice definitely helped me because I'm pretty sure it was that day or the following day when I put out that first, um, you know, initial post or whatever it was and, and just kept rolling with it from there. And, and that helped me develop a great network of people that have helped support me and provide me with opportunities over the last couple of years. Um, and so, yeah, I certainly wouldn't be here without you, uh, doing that. And, and I had to be vulnerable to do that because, you know, I think video and, and even just posting content that is really coming from the heart or something that you've thought of, um, you, you have to be a bit vulnerable to do that and get over that initial hump because once you've done it, you realize it's like, wow, I mean, there's, there's millions tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people that are just doing that on a daily basis. And some of them making a career out of it. You know what I mean? So there's obviously clear opportunities on the table. Um, whether that is for you or it's not, you'll find out. But again, once you start, um, and if you don't start, you can really start to overthink these things. Like, you know, another <laughs> thing we were talking about before. But, uh, you know, to tie it back into another thing that you mentioned earlier is just perspective. It's like, I, I do try to take perspective out of like every single conversation I have. In fact, I often think about mentorship and I, I think about how I don't really have like said mentors, you know what I mean? Like I've never really asked certain people to be my mentor over time. Um, maybe to a fault. I'd say like I have one who I've had since you know, my college days and he was the guy who ran the marketing program at Algonquin college um, in Ottawa. But he's just always been good to me. It hasn't been more of like a formal relationship where we talk fairly often or anything like that. But I try to use mentorship or approach it on a micro scale so that each conversation I have, um, if somebody's you know gone through different experiences that ultimately I can learn from, that's what I should be doing. I should be learning from these people and trying to take from the conversation what I can to build my own perspective um, and ultimately knowledge. And on the note of perspective, I think one thing that gets thrown around a ton these days is value. Would you agree the word value is kind of like a, this buzzword that gets associated with content, with speaking, with just everything people are doing? Yeah, I, I would say that it is definitely a buzzword. And, and I, I, you know, I saw your post on LinkedIn and, and I'm sure you're going to talk about it here, but I do, I, I, I do see how, it, you know, perspective and value tie together in the sense that like, one person can see something being worth X amount and another person can see it being worth nothing. And it's all just dependent on the person and, and how they view it or whatever. But I do agree in the sense that everybody uses value for just about everything nowadays. And it's, there's, there's a lot of words like that. And I don't know if it's that they've become buzzwords or it's just the fact that we're inundated by social media and stuff nowadays so that we just feel like it is because we hear it so much, but I definitely agree with what you have to say there. Yeah. And I don't need to go into like the full story or recite the LinkedIn post, but I just think you can pick upon perspective um, and really learning about what that word value means in so many situations, like everyday life situations that are happening all around you. And, and I brought up that one that I, you know, it's something that I posted yesterday, yesterday, the day before we recorded this. So whenever it's coming out, but you, you can go see it on my page There's a post 
ultimately it's a little story and a scenario that I've been thinking about for months now. I think it happened relatively early on when I moved to Toronto and it just, it really gives me kind of the goosebumps thinking about that because it's the most kind of cut and dry and like, I guess, you know, ground level example of how somebody can use value and perspective to reshape what their, you know, their situation. In this case, it was a homeless man who's always outside of a no frills supermarket here in Canada in Toronto. Um, and he has the little same spot right as you about to approach the little on ramp. Anyways, I walk past him. He asked me if I have some money. I say, no, sorry, don't have any change on me. I just don't carry much loose change or cash. Um, so the, the, the response I'd normally have for any homeless people, unfortunately, and ultimately as I'm walking into the store, somebody stops on their way out, um, right as they're getting asked for a second time on the way out because, you know, you, you got to play your odds. Maybe somebody's coming away with some change after they've been to the grocery <laughs> store. <laughs> but uh, they get, the man stops and says like, no, um, it's the same answer as last time, but I do have a suggestion and just offers him the advice that people are spending a quarter to access the shopping carts each time they're coming into the store. So lots of foot traffic coming in and out of the supermarket, lots of quarters being pushed into shopping carts. And while people are pushing those carts to their car to empty them, there's an opportunity there for that gentleman to get up from the spot that he's you know posted up in and just sitting down at, maybe go return their cart. And at that moment, when he offers to return a cart, rather than ask for money, the person's going to think of convenience, the value behind them not having to go push that cart back themselves, not the 25 cents that they're going to lose. <laughs> so it's just like, you, you can think about it so many ways when it comes to contact, uh, work, content, speaking, whatever it may be. Um, but value is important, I think, but perspective is the key because it's really learning from another person's point of view rather than constantly analyzing things from your own. No, definitely. I, I can definitely agree. And, and I, I did appreciate that story because I, even just as you're talking about it here, I'm thinking about it and like, it's almost another way we can look at vulnerability too, because that guy, that homeless man, he's probably afraid to do that because he's thinking people are going to judge me because I'm homeless or whatever. But if he goes out there and starts doing that, you never know what kind of conversation might be sparked up. You never know that the next person that you do that to maybe hands you you know, a $5 bill just because that person, you know, is, is somebody who maybe has uh, not that we're not empathetic towards the situation, but everybody's different, right? I, I've read stories in books where, you know, so uh, somebody's given a homeless person a hundred dollar bill. And just because that's their sort of their, they have this need to do something for somebody daily and that's their way of doing it. I mean, not everybody's going to do that. And I'm not saying that everybody should. Everybody has to find the different things in their life that their ways of showing gratitude as we spoke about or or whatever it is that they feel the need to do. So, but again, you know, it's it's a it's an interesting story to show again like you said perspective on on how we can all look at different situations in different ways. You know, we could just continue to judge that person or we can give them a piece of advice that may change sort of what what they do moving forward. So, Again, uh, so key, true, point man. There. key point there. Yeah, and like the point that you made too about vulnerability. Um, I guess I'm relating, you know, perspective to this word value with that story. But there's probably so many stories, and like you just related that one story back to vulnerability because, again, it's just about perspective in the way you see vulnerability. But 110, percent I'm sure that man is just afraid of, you know, a little bit more. Shall we call it like? 
close human interaction or, yeah. um, you know, like conversational, maybe having to ask a question that, you know, they're a little more prone to not wanting to ask because they're comfortable with the, do you have any spare change or something of that sort? It's, it's very true. You're, right. you're an expert in practicing perspective. <laughs> Well, you know, it's just, it's funny because as we're talking about this and more things are coming up, like I even think about uh, a time last year, I was working downtown for a little bit and there was one day I got off the go bus uh, or train, whatever it was, I don't remember anyways, not important. <laughs> and I was walking to where I was working and it literally started to rain and it wasn't like pouring rain, but it wasn't like just spitting either. It was, it was enough that an umbrella or, you know, the ability to walk underground would definitely help. But I found myself almost getting emotional on this walk because as I walked to where I was working, I saw all these people, homeless people just sort of laying there outside, whether it was in a sleeping bag or underneath the box or whatever it might be. And I was like, here I am thinking about, man, it's shitty that it's raining. And yet I could pull out an umbrella. I could go underground. I could pay for the subway to get me the rest of the way. I could do all these different things, but I ended up just walking the rest of the way in the rain because I was just like, you know, I have nothing to complain about. I should actually be out here, you know, trying to experience this in their view, just to, you know, give myself some more perspective. And, you know, and, and just the emotion, again, was a, you know, a vulnerability for me, because like, I almost remember myself almost tearing up, because all I could think about is like, you know, I have a house over my head, I, I, I had the money to pay for the go train and all that kind of stuff. It just it's, it's interesting how these times can hit you out of nowhere. And, and that like, as we were talking about this certain situation, it just brought that to mind. So um, how, how would you say that all these different things that you've gone through in your life, how would you say they've helped get you to where you're at now, which in, in my opinion, you know, as your friend is a, is a pretty good place. Well, thank you. Um, I'd, I'd say I'm definitely as happy as I've ever been. It was kind of where I'm at. And I think that has more to do with just being happy with what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis is you and I kind of chat about a lot. Um, with that fulfillment aspect of life and kind of like self-love, um, happiness, equaling success, equaling hard work rather than the other way around. But I think it's just about building blocks. I don't think one thing in particular has like catapulted me to really where I am now. Um, if I can point to one thing that has really helped, um, in volume has been relationships. I definitely like to think of myself as a relationship driven person Ironically, I haven't been in many, you know, actual like relationships uh, with a girlfriend or boyfriend, like a partner, ultimately throughout my life. Um, I do have a girlfriend now, so thankful to her for kind of the time that she gives me and the relationship that we have, because it allows me to kind of decompress and and get my mind out of work when need be sometimes. But, uh, you know, relationships have been such a big thing because as it relates to networking, um, any access that we have nowadays to really reach out to anybody um, and try and engage with any human being that exists in this world right now. Um, the opportunity is there. So whether people want to take it or they don't, that, that's largely up to them. You can maybe see um, false barriers holding you back. Like, for example, why would so-and-so influencer celebrity ever respond to my direct message when I have so and like a thousand followers and they have hundreds of thousands? Well, that's a question that you're asking yourself, not something that they're asking themselves <laughs> when they see the message. There's just a chance that they're going to respond or not. I mean, you know, play a numbers game, but 
we do just have this tremendous access. Um, and I would recommend anybody who's listening to this podcast, if you're not already on LinkedIn to use it, because that, that's a tremendous platform for building not only professional relationships, but personal ones like, um, you know, you and I demonstrate on this podcast. But relationships are key because, the, the, you know, those are the people that will, one, lift you up when you're down, but two, offer up certain opportunities, recommend you to certain things that they see you as a good fit for. Um, it, it exposes you to so much and also gives you more and more perspective the more that you interact with different people um, and get to know certain people from different walks of life. So relationships have been a huge part of my life. As I mentioned, they've kind of helped me through some of the more vulnerable times. They've certainly helped me to now getting to a point in my career where I feel, I mean, extremely fortunate. I've always felt fortunate, but like at times, maybe three years coming out of university, I felt a little lost. I didn't really know where I was going and like what these experiences that I was creating for myself were leading to. Um, and now with that coming full circle, because I did put myself out there at a certain time with people like yourself pushing me to, um, it, yeah, it, 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 you, you really start to see like how all those little things add up. I guess speaking to my experiences after university as well, like I hopped around a few different jobs, you know, I was in like direct sales right away um, when I decided not to move down south and kind of stick around in Ottawa. So direct sales, move from that to kind of more operational management went from that to our biz dev, like sales role in a B2B environment, and then took that to our, uh, like a privately owned parking lot enforcement company where I did operations and marketing management. So like a variety of things, I was often caught in a bit of like a managerial type sales role um, until I really made an effort to kind of prime my way out of that and align it more so with my interests, which was like marketing, also sales, but you know, really relationships at the end of the day. Um, and so I didn't know what skills I was really building and how those were all going to culminate to something that I really wanted to do or how it might culminate to the experience that, you know, hiring manager for a job that I really wanted would like. But in the end, it really just took me taking the time to say, Hey, like, wow, I've learned that from that. I've learned this from this job and all these things together combined with the people who kind of helped push me to where I am. Like, that's what landed me where I am now. So don't underestimate the micro, I guess, uh, and don't get too caught up on the macro. But maybe that's like kind of the summary uh, that I'd pull from what I just hmm. said, but you got to celebrate those small wins. Um, in my opinion, people who use long-term goals as kind of like their milestones may beat themselves down a little bit too much in the end because that should be like your intrinsic motivation. I, I'm not an expert. I don't, I'm not telling you that, you know, not to have long-term goals, but like to me, my long-term goals are like those things that motivate me that like, this is what I'm setting myself up for. But what I really plan to like achieve and milestones wise are more of the short-term little things of like knocking out certain project tasks or, um, you know, reaching a certain number in terms of sales, like all those little things that like you can achieve or, knock off the list in a matter of days, weeks, or a couple of months, maybe. No, definitely. I, I know we've said it probably a hundred times already, but perspective, <laughs> it's, it's, it just, it seems like it's a, a key point out of this one here. Uh, so would you say that at this point where you're at right now, would you say that you found success and fulfillment in your life or would you say you're still on your journey towards that? Good question. Um, I, I definitely feel as though I found success and I, I kind of touched on that aspect, but 
to me, success, um, there's this kind of rhetoric that goes about how hard work leads to success, leads to happiness. And I've certainly worked hard. Like I'm okay with admitting that. It's not like overconfidence or, you know, cockiness or anything. I know I've worked hard. Like the last couple of nights I've been up till 12 AM, but I, I'm comfortable with working hard. Like that's what I like doing a lot of the time, you know, on a weekend, sometimes my girlfriend asks like, why are you working? Or it's late at night. Sometimes that's what I want to be doing. Like that actually is how I'd want to be spending my time because I enjoy what I'm doing right now. So to me, the actual way all of that works together is happiness will lead you to success. So for me, yes, Brian, I, I do feel rather happy with where I'm at right now. Um, and, you know, extremely fortunate and grateful, like I've mentioned. And that leads me to feeling more successful every single day that I wake up. And because of that, I work hard, like I just touched on, like, it just feels natural to be spending my time on work sometimes when most people may be, you know, kicking it on the couch to watch Netflix. Cause there's nothing wrong with that. I do that too. Um, so yeah, I, I would say for, for success, I, I definitely feel successful and, you know, I would encourage people if they don't feel successful, take a step back and ask yourself whether you're happy with where you're at right now and maybe try and evaluate how you can achieve that happiness before you're questioning how you can be successful. Um, and then fulfillment side of things, I think that translates right into happiness. So I, I do feel fulfilled, but I, I want to make the point too, that I've made on a couple of different podcasts, um, of self love. Somebody who talks about this really well is a guy named Nick Singh, um, who should definitely be on this podcast. I think I've mentioned that to you before, but, uh, he and I have had conversations around this idea of self love. And he kind of brought up a point that Tony Robbins makes, um, in some of his, in-person seminars and stuff like that, where there's kind of this evolutionary aspect to self-love. Like when we're born, you know, mom has this natural science where she's drawn to love a baby, but, and same thing with the father, but ultimately after like 12 to 18 months, that kind of wears off like the, the more biological part of it. And then from that point on, the baby's trying to, you know, achieve certain things that weren't it love. <laughs> so it's like crying love, you know, because yeah. people start to react to you crying. They hold you. Um, so then it's like at a certain point, crying becomes annoying. So then the next thing is like walking. Oh, walking gets you all the attention, the love, right? Um, so the thing to take away from that is the baby's always looking for outside recognition, right? Like mm -hmm. external validation, love. What we need to get to as humans, I think, is a point where we have self-love. We're really and truly happy or fulfilled with the life that we're living and ourselves, because then we won't be striving to obtain uh, that external validation or love from other people. And it won't mislead our actions because of doing that, right? You'll be able to act and be the person that you want to be, as opposed to act in the ways that you perceive others wanting you to act and the person that they want you to be. So I do feel like, you know, maybe I'm, I'm on the cusp of getting there. That's like a big thing for me because I, I think when you've achieved that, like you're really living a life of fulfillment. Um, and I don't want to put myself, you know, too ahead of the curve or anything like that. But um, I encourage people to think about that and just like really take a look in the mirror and ask themselves, hey, like, do I love myself right now? Like, are there things that I really want to work on for myself? Are there ways that I wish I could be acting, but I'm acting in different ways because I'm trying to warrant external validation? Um, those are great questions to ask, and that's really getting vulnerable with yourself. So, oh, you know, it's it's so one of my past guests, I think it was maybe two or three episodes ago, he mentioned, um, you know, how everybody 
has a different definition and you know and even he he brought up like how i'm going to learn a lot from this and those two points just came to mind right now because literally every single person I've had on has had a different def- definition for vulnerability, has had a different definition of success and fulfillment. And I'm learning a ton just from like other people's, you know, their perspective on it. And again, I know we've said that word so many times, but it's just, it's incredible just to sort of see like that. And some of it's similar, but there's still enough of a difference where, I, you know, I'm learning something each time. And, and, you know, obviously I want other people to learn from this and that's the point of this podcast, but it's also really cool to sort of look at it and go, wow, like I'm, I'm actually learning a lot as well. So, so yeah, but, uh, I appreciate, like I appreciate all doctor. Sorry. You're like the vulnerable doctor. I mean, like it's, it's probably <laughs> interesting and like, at, you know, I know you've been recording a lot of these episodes and you're doing a great job producing the show. It's like, after you've recorded all these one, like, like you said, you're learning, you're gaining more perspective each and every show. It, it would almost be interesting to kind of look back, kind of analyze a lot of these shows, really kind of pick apart the differences between, like you said, like the definitions that everybody has for vulnerability. Um, and I don't know, like, you know, I could see a potential book coming out in the future <laughs> or something way down the line, um, <laughs> not to put the pressure on you, but it, it, it's interesting because I think that experiences that you get to be on the side of, you know, hearing every single one, and I'm excited to, you know, listen to more and more of your podcast. It really does help shape the definition in your head but what is the right definition right and yeah. i think like sharing that and and as podcasts like these are potentially similar types of books and stuff like that that really help people you know find out it's like hey like nobody has the right answers like we're all different out here and those experiences help shape those answers so um yeah, you know kudos to you for sharing these stories with the world dude that's it's, it's exciting i appreciate that man so I've only got a couple of questions left. Um, one of the, the last questions I, I like to ask is, so there, there's a ton of uh, obviously key points that people can take away from this and things that they can learn from this podcast. And I hope, you know, when people listen, they take notes and they, they all learn something, like I said. But if you could give people listening to this podcast three key takeaways for their own life and their own way, their own things that they can do to overcome vulnerability, go through the challenges in life, what would those three takeaways be? Well, we talked about perspective enough. So I'd say practice perspective, try and open up your mind, um, put yourself in another person's shoes. That, that includes empathy um, and, and really take a look through somebody else's point of view um, when you're in a certain situation or you're doubting something or you're questioning something, right? Like trying to open your mind up and, and learn in each one of those situations and conversations with people. Um, Two, I, I would say on the note of kind of perspective and vulnerability, um, it's okay to have discourse. And what I mean by like a really good discourse is disagreement, right? I think we live in a place where there's participation medals and different things of that nature now. I mean, on LinkedIn, you know, I love the platform, but certainly there's like a little bit of... Um, you know, fluffing people up and stuff like that. Like there's obviously engagement pods and different things of that nature where people kind of boost each other up and like whether it's truly authentic or maybe not, um, it's tough to tell. But ultimately, a lot of times those people just aren't adding to the discussion and maybe they disagree with the post, but they're not actually voicing that opinion. I would just recommend that if, if you believe in something strongly and especially if you have a reason to believe it, it doesn't mean you're forcing an argument when you disagree with somebody but oftentimes that can result in the best types of discussion. So being vulnerable enough to disagree and, and kind of have that, you know, back and forth discourse 
that really gets to the bottom of like, you know, a discussion, a subject, a theme or something like that. Maybe you don't end up agreeing on anything, but that's okay because like people will take a lot of value away from those types of discussions. So I'd encourage anybody to do that. Um, I, I, I think I don't even do it enough, but something I strive to do and I see certain people around me just doing a phenomenal job of that. And, uh, and third, um, if you're thinking about something and I have to say this because you really set this in motion in my head two years back, but if you're thinking about trying something, whether that's a business, whether that's getting more active on social media, um, whether that's a new career path that you've long thought of as something you'd find yourself very passionate about, but that's not what you went to school for, like anything of the sort, just start, make an effort to start. If it's a business, it doesn't mean you have to go incorporate tomorrow, but you know, start looking for the website, like start you know, looking at competitors, see what people are doing, start building up your knowledge base. Um, and, and the same thing goes for each and every one of those paths that I mentioned. So yeah, I would say, you know, just start because that's what I did. And that's largely why I'm talking with you here today. Um, that's largely why I'm working where I am today here at round 13 in Toronto, those types of things I'll never look back on with regret. And I, I really don't regret much in life, but like, um, all the little posts where like, I, I thought maybe I shouldn't post this or not was always worth it. Um, it's not about the vanity and those types of things that you receive at the end of the day. It's about the experiences and the relationships that you can build. So um, starting will always end up in an experience that you can either learn from or that's extremely valuable to you going forward because it's shaping, you know, where you're going to be going. No, oh, that's, those are solid three, man. Those are solid three. And thanks for the shout out. And I, I feel like I've really, I, I there's like this, I, I feel like every episode, maybe I need a t-shirt. This is just start because everybody seems to associate that with me. And at this point, I don't know if it's like a sign or something because like it's come up in posts recently as I've come back uh, to be online a little bit and stuff. And it's just, it's funny because it wasn't even me that started that. It was a friend of mine uh, from LinkedIn who sort of gave me that advice, but then I just started putting it out it? there, I guess. Eric Eklund, I don't know if you know him, but he's, okay, uh, right, yeah, right. He, he's the one who gave me that advice. And then I started putting it out there and, I guess people just sort of latched onto it and put my name associated with it. And so it's just funny, but anyways, uh, I digress. <laughs> um, well, and, so, to, and to your point too, like, I just want, don't mean to interrupt, but last, yeah. lastly, like for people listening, Brian's a guy who you can probably relate with a little bit more, but like, he's not the only one who's sharing this type of, you know, relatively simplistic advice of just start Michelle Romano, I had the chance to talk with her. She's like a you know world famous entrepreneur, one of Canada, I think the youngest ever dragon on dragons. Then a, a great woman entrepreneur and a woman business leader in our world right now. Uh, when I was talking to her and I asked her about like her main advice to any women out there that are debating on starting a business and just anybody really in general, same thing. Just start. Like the I think what they say is whatever. Uh, the, the best second best time to do something was like yesterday and yeah. the best time is right now or whatever. Yeah. And it's yeah, like, that's, yeah. that's the truth. You know, yeah. I just, I, I'm reading the greatness guide by Robin Sharma right now. And I think it was like two chapters ago. Cause it's, it's just, there's probably like 50 chapters in this book, but each one's like a little lesson. And literally I think it was like two chapters ago. He talked about that pro proverb. I think it's a Chinese proverb and it's basically when the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. And the second best time is now. And I've even caught myself saying that to people recently too. So again, you know, solid points there. 
So the last thing is not so much of a question, but more of, I, I want to give everybody an opportunity that when they come on here to sort of promote themselves and promote anything that they're up to, because again, this is about the guests, not so much about me. And then, uh, you know, so anything that you want to promote right now, whether it's just giving people your social handles, what you're doing in life, whatever it is, the floor is yours. Go ahead. Yeah. I appreciate you, man. Um, Thanks for having me on again. I would say if anybody really enjoyed this episode, has some key takeaways, you know, wants to chat, like I mentioned, I'm always interested in meeting new people, building relationships, networking. So reach out to me on LinkedIn or Instagram. Um, you can just type in my name, which would probably be in the show notes of the episode, but it's Scott Bertie. Uh, there's an underscore in the middle on Instagram. And that's B-E-R-T-Y. Otherwise, what I'm doing right now and mainly focused on is our company, TrueFan. Um, yeah, T-R-U-F-A-N.io. You can check out the website or check us out on Instagram. Um, hit us up if you have any interest in learning more. But man, thank you for having me on. It's been a joy building the relationships that uh, we have today. And um, you know, always enjoy hanging out with you and Ashley. You, you treated me to some very nice steaks when I first moved <laughs> to Toronto. So I, I soon have to repay you for that and get a barbecue <laughs> or something. All good, man. All good. Or you could just bring the meat here and we'll just use my barbecue. But either, either way, either way. But, uh, you know, I want to finish off by thanking you for coming on and thanking you for taking the time. And, and just, you know, in general, like I said, at the beginning of the episode for your friendship, I mean, you know, I, I put out a post a couple of days ago on LinkedIn about, you know, finding your circle and, and those key group of friends that you have. And, you know, you've seen me through the last couple of years of, you know, my highest highs and my lowest lows. And you've been a huge help for me. And, and you know, our conversations the last time we went to lunch together, I've constantly thought about that conversation because it was just one of those conversations where like it was really deep. And then I, I, I even thought a couple of days later, like I didn't look at my phone. I think you maybe looked at yours twice, but like compared to what you see in the world now, like people are just literally staring at their phones the whole time and barely even talking. And like to have those kind of conversations are so important. And, you know, I, I just, I don't, yeah, I, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you. And again, thank you for, for taking the time to come on today. Thanks, Brian. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Vulnerable Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps get the word out and means more than you know. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at vulnerable.podcast or on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching Vulnerable Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at the B-E-L-M-E-D-A, that's the B-E-A-L-M-E-I-D-A, or by searching my name on Facebook and LinkedIn. If you know anyone with a great story of going from struggle to success, please let me know as I would love to interview them for the show. I appreciate you taking the time to listen and see you next week.